This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Gee, I have a little time to chat tonight since both shows are rather lengthy, so let's get right to the action. We begin with a show that was first aired in 1944, an episode of Boston Blackie entitled The Black Meat Market. 10 p.m. B-U-L-O-V-A, Boulevard Watch Time. For supreme accuracy, expert design, and outstanding value, choose a Boulevard. Masterpiece of fine watchmaking. W-E-A-F, New York. <laughs> Lever Brothers, makers of Rinso, R-I-N-S-O, Soapy Rich Rinso, presents Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. Steve, I got my foot on the floor now. We gotta do something, then we'll never lose that car that's chasing us. Don't talk, lean out to see if I can hit a tire. Okay. Well? Missed. Hey, hey, watch that curve. I'll take care of the driving. Try it again. Uh, try and hold this bus steady, will you? I'm doing the best I can. I've been fighting this wheel for 20 minutes. Now, after I swing around that next curve, I'll slow up. Try and get that tire again. Okay. Here goes. I got her. I got her, Steve. She's heading right for the telegraph pole. What a crack-up. Them plainclothes cops in that car ain't gonna interrupt another one of our hijacked jobs. Plainclothes cops? Those ain't no cops. The driver of the car that just wrapped around the telegraph pole is Boston Braggy. In a moment, we'll meet Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friends. And now, here is Chester Morris as Boston Blackie. Tell me, Blackie, uh, how does your wrist feel, huh? Oh, just a slight sprain, Shorty. But we're lucky. We might have been killed when those thugs got our front tire last night. <laughs> I thought for a moment we were killed. Hey, Blackie, let's stay up here in your apartment and mind our own business for a while, huh? huh? At least until I get over that shaken up I got you. Well, we weren't looking for trouble. We were just driving along and... Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. Always that end. <laughs> That's what gets us into more jam. All right, so we went for a drive. Nothing unusual in that? No, but why'd you have to notice that big sedan was parked right in front of a truck and two guys were holding up the driver? Well, I always feel sorry for the guy on the other end of a gun. Yeah, but listen, boy. If you want to listen to me... You two, shorty. Up high, way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I cover, Mike. Okay. So the crack-up didn't kill you guys, huh? The boss sent us to find out. You have more lives than a cat, Blackie. 
Yes, I've got ten. That means you rats better look out. <laughs> hey, it's good. <laughs> it's wonderful, Shorty. Uh, say, what are you mugs doing here? The boss didn't like the idea of you interfering with that hijack job last night. Oh, well, I don't like the idea of having my car wrecked either, Stooge. We ain't interested in what you like. We had a pretty good setup, Blackie. Well, I'm so glad. That's fine. Yeah, we got a lot of meat tied up, and we're getting good prices for it. Well, what do you want me to see me about? What, or what's the catch? The boss wants to know if you want in on the racket. What? Yeah. See, he don't want no more interference from you. That's the catch. Oh, black market, huh? Well, if I say no, what does the boss say? He says we should give you a little treatment. Oh, and by the way, who is your boss? Never mind. Well, how do I know your boss is a reasonable guy? Hey, where are you going? Now, don't be scared, Stooge. You know, I always talk when I'm thinking. After all, you're the one that's got the gun. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, boys, I finished thinking. I guess I have no choice, huh? Well, tell the boss I'll go along with him. <laughs> uh, now you're talking sense. Well, I guess that makes us partners, huh, boys? Uh, say, how about a little drink on that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a snort. Fine. I, I'm sorry. All I've got is bourbon. That's up there with me. Uh-huh. With, uh, with soda? Yeah, yeah. Well, come on, boys. I'll build you a couple. Say when, Steve. When? Look, uh, I gotta hold this gun on you, Blackie. It ain't that I'm uh, impolite. It's uh, just that I'm careful. <laughs> you flatter me. How much soda? Gee, I never had it with soda before. Really? You haven't? Well, you're going to get it. All right, Troy, I'll take care of this one. Okay, boss. Okay, I got his gun. Why, you... Now, take it easy, Steve. Now, cut out the nonsense. I've got your gun. Now, be a good boy. You wanted an answer for your boss, huh? Well, you have it. Now, get out of here. And in the future, boys, remember, never drink during business hours. Did you know that it was a hundred and three in needles yesterday? That's an enlightening breakfast conversation, Shorty. Thanks. Never mind, I'll get it. Boston Blackie? That's right. Sorry to disturb you so early in the morning. Well, uh, won't you come in? Thank you. Uh, Shorty, another cup of coffee for Miss, uh, uh... Parker. June Parker. Well, Miss Parker, you're a charming eye-opener for so early in the morning. Boston Blackie. I need your help. And I'm glad to know you, too. As a matter of fact, you've already helped me. I have? Mm-hmm. My driver tells me you helped one of my trucks get through the other night. One of your trucks? Yes. Well, uh, I, I don't quite understand. <laughs> this may sound a little strange to you, but I have a ranch and I raise stock. Yeah? I sold a lot of cattle, only I can't deliver it to my customers. Oh, I see. And, and your trucks are being hijacked by that black market gang, huh? Yes. That's why I came to you. Will you help me get them through? <laughs> you know, that's the second offer to go in the meat business that I've had in the last 24 hours. Why don't you go to the police, Miss Parker? I'm sure Inspector Faraday would be glad to give you protection. I've gone to the police, but my trucks still aren't getting through. Oh, you're really in a jam. Uh, those black market thugs are worse than any racketeers we've ever had in this country. I've been offered any amount if I'd sell to the black market. But I won't, not for anything. Of course you won't. Then you'll help me? Now, look, Miss Parker, it isn't only helping you, it's helping me. It's helping everybody. The black market is one of the biggest things we've ever been up against. 
And you're fighting that black market. You know, you're the kind of a girl who's helping win this war. Uh, coffee's ready, boss. Forget the coffee, Shorty. We've got a job to do. The biggest job we've ever done. That's you, Matthews? Yes, Inspector. Yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. Got to finish writing this letter. Hey, Matthews, how do you spell stupidity? Um, F-A-R-A-D-A-Y. F-A-R-A-D-A-Y. Oh, it's you, Blackie. <laughs> I should have known. Matthews can't spell. All right, what do you want here? I don't know. What have you got here? One of these days, we're going to have you here in a cell. <laughs> Faraday, you're nothing but an idealist. <laughs> you know, I've been lonely. Uh... You haven't been bothering me lately. <laughs> What's the matter? Don't you love me anymore? I love you. I love you like poison ivy. <laughs> What do you want, Blackie? Well, Faraday, my life has been threatened. <laughs> I want police protection. <laughs> You're wonderful. <laughs> you want police protection, Blackie. Stop now, wait a minute, Faraday. I'm serious. There's a gang after me, and they're not fooling. <laughs> Poor little Blackie. I'd like to see the gang that you couldn't handle. What is this, a gang? No, 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 wait a minute. I'm on the level. <laughs> Blackie, you're breaking my heart. You've never been on the level with me in your life, so why should I start believing you now? Oh. Oh, so you won't give me police protection, huh? Don't make me laugh. Okay, Faraday. That's all I wanted to know. Blackie wants protection. <laughs> no! Got him, Mike. I think get him into the car. Come on. Let's get out of here. Boston Blackie's on for a long slip. Well, it looks as though Boston Blackie's in a pretty tight spot, but Blackie is also a pretty resourceful individual, so just wait and see what happens. <laughs> Boston Blackie, intent on breaking up a black market meat ring, was waylaid by thugs as he was leaving police headquarters where Inspector Faraday had just refused him police protection. Blackie has been thrown into a car. Hey, Steve, he's coming too. Must be this country air. Stop the car. Okay. Let's get this over with. Yeah, I'll take the gag out of his mouth. Yeah. Nobody can hear him out here. Yeah, thanks, Steve. I want to get my necktie back anyway. The best one I got. That girl gave it to me. She's a redhead. <laughs> Says it matches her hair. <laughs> you know, it's too bad she ain't a brunette. Yeah, you just don't like redheads. Hey, never mind putting on your tie now. Leave it there in the seat and let's get this job over with. Come on, Blackie. Can you talk? Well, what is this? The end of the line? No. This is where we transfer. Okay, boys. What's the score? Two to nothing and you're the nothing. <laughs> Blackie, can you stand up? Well, I'm not so sure. You better stand up while you can, Blackie. You're going to be laying down for a long time. You have a charming sense of humor. You had a chance to join up with us, Blackie. You nixed it, and now you're getting rubbed out. Oh, boss's orders, huh? Yeah, and besides, it gives us a chance to get even for that soda trick yesterday. I see. Get over that fence, Blackie. (laughs) (laughs) Say, what is this, an obstacle course? Yeah, and you're the obstacle. Hey, Steve... Hey, what's that over there? Huh? 
Ah, nothing. It's just a cow. <laughs> that happens to be the cow's husband, gentlemen. Gee, a bull. Hey, if a bull sees red, he goes crazy. <laughs> What's the matter? You scared, Mike? Now we gotta finish our job. Okay, Blackie. Anything you wanna say? Any, uh, last request? Well, um, well, I'd like to start running, gentlemen, if you don't mind, and I'm sure you would too. What? Right. That ball's coming this way, and fast. Hey, hey, he's after me! Hey, he's after me! Thanks for the gun, Steve. Hey, let's get out of here, will you? Don't worry, Steve. The bull's after Mike. You see, I stuck his own red necktie in his back pocket. Who's that? Uh, it's me, June. Boston Blackie. Oh, Blackie, just a minute. Well... Please come in. I'm glad to see you, Blackie. <laughs> Thanks. I'd like some information, June. These gents we're up against are playing a little rough. Blackie, what happened? Well, I went to Faraday for protection. He didn't believe I needed it. Next thing I knew, I was tapped on the head and ended up in a cow pasture playing matador. Blackie. Now, look, June, all I want to know is just one thing. You told me that somebody tried to get you to sell your cattle to the black market ring. I want to know who that somebody is. Well, uh, I can't tell you. I, I don't know. Oh, if you're being afraid, don't be. I'll see that nothing happens to you. And it's also a little bit important that nothing happens to me, too. Now, look, all I want to know is, who approached you on that black market deal? Well, some men who said they represented a Mr. George Williams. Williams? Well, who's he? I don't know him. He has a wholesale meat plant on Johnson Street. Yes. But, Blackie, I, I, I've never seen him. Shh. Quiet, June. What's the matter? The doorknob. It's turning. Oh. I'll be in back of the door when it opens, but you keep on talking. Okay. Uh, but, Blackie, I... Oh, I don't know whether I can go to dinner with you or not. I, uh... Oh. Okay, drop those guns. Now, drop them fast. I'm right here in back of you. Better drop your gun, too, Steve. Well, you two matadors again, huh? <laughs> this is getting a little monotonous. How far did that bull chase you this morning? Uh, I'm a little fed up with you two guys. Uh, June. Yes, Blackie. Take the cord off those drapes. I want to tie up these two bullfighters. Then I've got to go over and see a man by the name of George Williams. Blackie, I, I'm afraid well, you I... You don't have to be afraid, Joe. Oh, when Blackie ties them up, they stay tied. And when I get through with this, you'd better call the police and have them pick up these mugs. Oh. And i got to work fast. Hey, Miss Parker. You ain't gonna call no police. What? What do you mean? And besides, you're gonna untie us right now. Or else, the boss won't like it. You, you mean Mr. Williams? No, Miss Parker. You see, uh, Williams ain't his name. His real name is Parker. Parker, yeah. George Parker, your brother. Now, will you untie our hands? I don't know what you're talking about, Blackie. I operate a legitimate business here. I sell only at ceiling prices. I came up here to tell you I'm tired of being kicked around by those two mugs of yours. And also that you're going to lay off June Parker. June Parker? Who is she? Well, she's the girl you've been threatening. 
You know, the one that owns the trucks you've been hijacking. But you won't do it anymore. You see, I'm taking you with me. You're taking me with you? That's right. You're going to be my insurance that from now on, this black market gang of yours is unemployed. What are you going to do with me? What's he going to do with you? He ain't going to do anything with you. Faraday, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'll bet you are. Inspector, my secretary had the good sense to call you. I'm glad you got here so fast. Mm -hmm. What's Boston Blackie been up to now? He held me here in my office at the point of a gun, Inspector. (laughs) He was going to force me to go with him unless... Unless what? Unless I stopped selling meat at ceiling prices and went into the black market. Now, wait a minute, Faraday. That's ridiculous. You know that can't be right. I don't know nothing. Oh, you know a thing or two. You're just being modest. I'm a reputable merchant, Inspector. I've been in business for years. This blackie person wanted me to make this plant his headquarters for illegal meat sales. Now, Faraday, listen. He claims I pulled a gun on him. I don't even have a gun. It was in his hand when you came in the door, Inspector. With blackie, that don't make any difference. He can make anything disappear. Thanks. Someday I hope he goes to work on himself. This Williams is head of a black market ring. Oh, that's not true. Not only that, but he's got a couple of thugs that have an obsession about my collecting old age pensions. That's ridiculous. Oh, Please take Blackie with you, Inspector. I'll prefer Chinese. Now, wait a minute, Inspector. <laughs> I know I've tricked you, and we've been playing hide-and-go-seek for years. Go on. But I've never gone back on my word, now have I? That's right. And I'm not going to try any tricks. <laughs> I just want you to come with me to a young lady's apartment. Oh, now, Now, right. really, I-, I want you to meet two friends of Mr. Williams. Hmm. And if I can't prove that my story is true, well, I'll, I'll go downtown with you. Now, nothing could be fairer than that. Mm, yeah, sounds all right. But then you can make anything sound okay. You want me to see a gal who'll set me right on this whole thing? That's right. Okay, Blackie. I'll give you a chance to square yourself, but remember, this better not be a runaround. This is the apartment, Inspector. Come on in. Who is it? Oh, it's me, June. It's Blackie. I'm here with Inspector Faraday. Hmm? Who? Inspector Faraday. Wait a minute. I'm coming. Well, hello. Hello, Hmm? June. Uh, Would you mind telling the inspector about that black market ring that threatened you? What black market ring? Well, you know that the... June. I'm Miss Parker. And who are you? That's all, Blackie. I've heard enough. June. Now, what happened to those two men I left tied up here at your apartment? Inspector, who is this man? Don't you know? He says he's a very dear friend of yours. I've never seen him before in my life. And now, will you excuse me, please? Okay, Blackie. We made a deal. This gal who was supposed to explain everything claims you never saw you before. Come on, let's go. No, I can't go with you, Inspector. I've I've got to find out what this is all about. Sorry, Blackie. Figure it out while you're waiting trial. Faraday, will you listen? This girl is lying, and I can prove it. If you give me time. Give you... I'll give you time, Blackie. You're coming with me. And keep your hands where I can see them. Now, come on over here to the telephone. I'm going to get you an escort downtown. Okay, Inspector, but you're making a great mistake. According to you, I always make them. So what's the difference? Remember, Blackie, I'm keeping my eye and my gun on you. Get me please headquarters. Blackie, stop playing with that telephone cord. You make me nervous. I'm not playing with it, Inspector. Get, get, get the down off my gun, Blackie. I stabbed you twisting that gun. You're breaking my wrist. I'm sorry, Inspector. Now let go of the gun. You're going back yeah, on your word. Yeah, that's You're better. going back on your word. Now you never did that before. Well, I'm sorry, but I've got to be free to get the head of that black market ring and put a ring right through his nose.
Shorty. Hey, open up, will you, boss? Wait a minute. Come in, Shorty. Well, I... Oh. Oh, what are you doing here? Well, she made me bring her down here to your waterfront hideout, boss. Well, that's fine. What do you mean she made you? She came to the apartment. She was crying. Oh. Boss, you know I can't stand to see a poor dame cry. Blackie, you've got to listen to me. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to you once. I know. I lied to Inspector Faraday, but I had to. Well, that's fine. Why don't you tell it to Faraday? I can't tell Inspector Faraday I lied. I can't. You can't do this. You can't do that. You sound like the Summer Sisters. Uh, why did you make Shorty bring you down here? So that I could beg you to please forget all about me and the black market ring. Oh, well, forgetting about you will be a pleasure. I don't blame you for feeling that way. But believe me, it's for the good of everyone for you to forget about all this. Believe you? <laughs> Are you kidding? You almost did once. Yeah, I almost died once, too. And I've no desire to try that again, either. You wanted to help me when I was in trouble, Blackie. I'm still in trouble. But the only way you can help me now is to drop this whole black market case. Mm-hmm. And you're the girl I thought was going to help win the war. Oh, my God, please. Joan, there's no point in your coming here to see me. But, George, I didn't even know you were here in the city. And then to find out what you're doing... How in the world did you ever get started on Just this? Just why should I explain that to you, Jim? I can't understand you. And Dad couldn't either. When you ran away from the ranch five years ago, you broke Dad's heart. And not, not hearing from you after that didn't help any. I don't see why you should complain. Dad left the ranch to you, didn't he? Yes, but what else could he do? But it's worked out all right anyway. You've done a good job, Joan, raising good cattle. That's helped me in my business. The black market, George... You call that a business? I don't go for those names. All I know is I'm making money. And incidentally, Joan, it wasn't in my plans that you should know who I am. And it's your own fault that you do. You got mixed up with this Boston Blackie and I had something to do about it. Well, well, this is convenient, finding the two of you here together. Boston Blackie. Blackie. Well, now who wants to talk first? You, Williams? I got nothing to say to you, Boston Blackie. I see. How about you, Jane? I... I can't tell you anything. Well, let me tell you then. Williams, you ought to pick smarter stooges. Or I might say you ought to pick a dumb stooge, one who can't talk. You see, uh, Steve talked. With a little persuasion, of course, but he talked. So, Williams, I know that you're really Parker, June's brother. But, Blackie, I... Now, June, I... that explains a great deal, too. Of course, you made Faraday very happy by pretending not to know me, but you didn't make me very happy. Oh, please, Blackie, you've got to listen to me. Look, I didn't know that my brother was going under the name of Williams. And when I found out, I was so stunned, I, I didn't know what to do. Except I knew I couldn't turn him over to the police. Now I know he deserves to be. Well, sister, I got it, huh? Yes, I think so. Blackie, you said it was very convenient having two of us here. Well, I think it's very convenient having the two of you here. And this gun is very convenient, too. But I'm not bothered it, Georgie. Georgie, did anyone ever tell you what happens to little boys who play with fire? Both of you stuck your noses into my business. June always did, and I'm used to that. In any way, she's my sister, but I don't have to take it from you, Boston Blackie. Well, you have something there, Georgie. Not to mention a gun. Uh, June, would you please leave the room? Uh, if I'm right in supposing what your charming brother intends to do with me, it, uh, 
Well, it won't be very pretty. George, you wouldn't. Now, please, June, do as I say. But Blackie... Please, I... June. Oh, it's all my fault. I got you into this. I, I didn't know that... Oh, my old brother. Blackie! Oh, oh, Blackie, I, I thought... You know, June... For a man raised on a ranch, your brother isn't very quick on the trigger. Oh. Personally, I'm very glad because it gave me a chance to show him his mistake. Blackie, what did you do to George? Can I see him? Well, a little later. He, he's busy right now, you see. He's got a thousand pounds of steaks hanging in his wholesale plant, and he's looking for one little piece of beef to put on his eye. I guess I'll forget about you going back on your word. <laughs> good old inspector. <laughs> I had a pretty good reason, you know. Yeah, I know. Anyway, you broke up this black market ring and I got the credit. Thanks. You know, sometimes I find it kind of hard to hate you. Well, keep trying, inspector. You know, you're much prettier with a worried look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this kind of, this thing kind of calls for a celebration, Blackie. Yeah. You and I break up a black market gang and a million people can buy beef at reasonable prices. What do you think we ought to do? Well, let's see, inspector. Um... How about coming up to the apartment for a home-cooked steak dinner? Shall I bring anything? Yes. Points. <laughs> Boston Blackie will be back in just a moment with an interesting preview of next week's program. Meanwhile, let's see now. Uh, there are the dishes, the floors, the woodwork, the tiles, sink, windows. Hey, I could keep this up for hours. Listing the jobs at Rinso will make easier for you. Yes, those same soapy rich suds that are such a help when it comes to washing clothes are great for all the soap and water jobs around the house. So be sure to get Rinso tomorrow, ladies, for dishes, housework, and to keep you singing through wash day like this. Rinso white, Rinso white, happy little wash day song. Rinso white, Rinso white. Dirty singer all day long. Your fine feather friend has a message to send, so listen, you can't go wrong. Rinse white, rinse white, happy little wash day song. Yeah, Matthews, yeah, I know the guy's dead. You said that. Now listen, did you find the gun? Sure, we found it. It was hooked up inside the radio. When the guy turned the set on, it fired the gun. I get it. Hey, hey, was the telephone receiver off the hook? Sure, when we broke down the door. Hey, Inspector, how could you know that? Just so happens that's the way a guy was killed in a play I've been watching. Somebody lifted the idea, and I've got an idea who that somebody was. Yeah? Who, Inspector? The man who's backing this play, a fellow by the name of Boston Blackie. <laughs> Tough luck, ladies. I mean, about choice cuts of lamb going back on rationing. Means you've got to be smarter than ever at figuring ways to fix the meals your families want. Especially since you don't have as many points as you used to. Well, the smartest thing to do is to get extra points by turning in waste fats. You know, your meat dealer will give you cash and two red points for every pound you turn in. So, get going. You'll be doing yourself a favor and your country an important service. For used fats are urgently needed for military medicines, armaments, and a host of things so necessary to win this war. Strain every drop into any tin can, no glass containers, please, and turn them in as soon as you have a pound.
sure to listen at this same time next week for another exciting adventure with Boston Blackie. You can see Chester Morris as Boston Blackie on the screen at your favorite movie theater. Boston Blackie's latest Columbia picture is One Mysterious Night, soon to be released. Richard Lane appears as Inspector Faraday. Music by Charles Cornell. This is Harlow Wilcox saying goodnight for Boston Blackie. Brought to you by the makers of Rinso, the soap that gets clothes. Stay tuned for the Jack Benny Show next on Theater of the Mind. Time now to find out how Jack Benny met Phil Harris. Starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Larry Stevens, and yours truly, Don Wilson. I'd like to speak to Mr. Benny, please. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Livingston. I, I wouldn't want to disturb the Admiral now. <laughs> Rochester, what are you talking about? Haven't you heard? Mr. Benny's been made an Admiral. Jack Benny, an Admiral? Are you surprised? Surprised? Rochester, I knew we were winning, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> I know, Miss Livingston, but I saw it in the paper. He got the commission from Governor Griswold of Nebraska. Gee. And Mr. Benny is now a full-fledged admiral in the Nebraska Navy. In the Nebraska... Oh, I get it. He's an imaginary admiral in an imaginary navy. Yeah, but he's taking it seriously. He made me sew gold stripes on his blue serge suit. Oh, for heaven's sake. Rochester, how many stripes did he make you sew on? I don't know, but you could cut the sleeves off at the elbow and he'd still be a full admiral. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.
he's been upstairs working out fleet maneuvers. <laughs> I'd better get him away from that bathtub before he messes up the whole room. <laughs> oh, Mr. Benny. Say, boss. Oh, Admiral. What? <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, it's you, Rochester. Uh, glad to have you aboard. Uh, batten down the hatch and sit down. Uh, uh, what do you want? Your breakfast is getting cold down on the lower deck. <laughs> well, I can't, uh, I can't leave now. I'm about to engage the enemy. Now watch. The enemy fleet is over here. Boss, don't splash water on that bath mat. Quiet. Now I swing my carriers around like this and bring my destroyers over to this side and encircle them. There you are, Rochester. Now, if you were the enemy and I had you surrounded like that, what would you do? I'd pull out the plug and ground every ship you got. <laughs> Don't be silly. Being an admiral in the Nebraska Navy is serious business. Aye, aye, sir. And anyway, I'm proud of my appointment. In fact, I'm sorry I didn't stay with her when I was in the service 24 years ago. Yes, sir. Military life is a life for me. And those promotions... Now, Rochester, help me take my fleet out of the bathtub, and oh, then... Oh, so say, boss, I meant to tell you, Miss Livingston called... Oh, yes, yes, I better get ready. Boss, if you're going out, don't you think you ought to take off those medals? <laughs> huh? Oh, oh, well, half of them on your right side, you're listening to boys. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Say, I just happened to think of something. I promised to take my girl, Gladys Dabisco, too. I'll pick her up on the way to Miss Livingston. I hope Gladys and Mary are ready when I pick them up. Gladys Zabisco. I've been going with her now for nine years. Oh, hello there, children. Hello, mister. Hello. You know who I am, don't you, children? I'm Jack Denny. Yes, we know. You tell us every time you see us. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes. You want to know something? Last night, our mother and father were talking about you. Really? Yeah, they thought we were asleep. <laughs> So long, children. Bye, Bye Mr. Benny. Hey, Sis. What? He looks a lot older than 36, doesn't he? Uh, did you say something, Sonny? No, no. Goodbye. Goodbye. Gee, they're cute, kid. But that little boy looks a lot older than seven. <laughs> Well, hello, Don. Where are you going? Uh, I'm on my way down to the express office, Jack, to pick up a set of encyclopedias. A set of encyclopedias? Yeah, and I've just got to tell you, Jack, 
I sent in two questions to a quiz program, and boy, did I stump those experts. Well, so long, Don. So long, Jack. Hey, I like Don Wilson and his sly commercials. The way he tricks me into keeping my job. Really. <laughs> I better sing slower. I can't walk that fast. <laughs> Oh, darn it, I meant to call Larry Stephen before I left the house and find out what he was going to sing on the program this evening. When I talked to Phil, he told me about the arrangement. I remember he said they were, they were going to use a harp and four violins. I remember he said that, too. Say, that's going to be kind of nice. With the harp in the background and the violins playing the soft melody. Yep. Yep, it ought to be a beautiful number. Someone was always in my dreams That someone was always you I never thought we'd meet someday but now that my dream came true, I just want the right to love you all of my life. Just the right to take care of you all of my life. Yep, I bet that'll be beautiful, that song. Oh, Mr. Benny. Huh? Oh, oh, it's you, Mr. Kern. <laughs> How's the newspaper been? Oh, fine, fine. Funny, I always seem to run into you on the street. Well, I was just going over to your house to thank you for those stories you gave me. Oh, you mean how I found Mary Livingston? Mm-hmm, and how you found Rochester. Well, I'm glad you liked them. You know, those first two articles were very successful. And now my editor is interested in knowing how you found Phil Harris. Phil Harris. That's right. Well, well, okay. 
Uh, walk along with me, Mr. Kearns, and I'll give you the whole story. All right. You see, it was ten years ago that I first met Phil Harris. I remember the day well because it was Mary's birthday and I wanted to show her a nice time. So I got all dressed up and went over to her house and let her make dinner for me. <laughs> and the meal was delicious. I remember we had thick sirloin steaks, smothered in onions, and stripped with bacon. Yes, sir. That was ten years ago. <laughs> Gosh, Mary, this is a terrific meal. Well, thank you, Jack. Gee, the steak is so tender and so easy to cut. Gee, it just melts in your mouth. Jack, put on your glasses. You're eating the butter. <laughs> well, anyway, Mary, it was sweet of you to invite me over to your apartment for dinner. And wait till you see the bottle of champagne I brought you for a birthday present. You know, you've heard of those famous imported champagnes like Vintage Premier and Chateau Calais. Yes. Well, this is a new brand. Saban Oop. <laughs> You know, uh, Mary, I was just thinking, here it is, 1935, and it's been three years since I put you on my radio program. It's been over three years. Yep. Say, Mary, what would you do if I gave you a little raise? I'd quit my job at the May Company. <laughs> Don't worry, Mary, you just stick with me, and another two or three years, you won't have to work at the May Company. Except maybe Saturdays. <laughs> the day will come. Well, let's not talk about that, Jack. The evening's young and it's my birthday, so let's do something. Well, uh, I was going to suggest something. What? Well, first, let's go over and sit on the sofa. Uh-huh. And we'll snuggle up close to each other. Uh-huh. Then we'll turn the lights down low. Uh-huh. Then we'll tell ghost stories. <laughs> How about it? Well, Mama warned me about everything but this. <laughs> what? Jack, why don't we go out somewhere? Let's go to the Coconut Grove. Well, maybe... We... Hey, wait a minute, Mary. I've got an idea. There's a nightclub way downtown on North Figueroa Street, and there's a new band playing there. Let's see, what's the name of that band again? Oh, yes. Phil Harris and his syncopated serenaders from the Solid South. Phil Harris? I've never heard of him Well, he's just coming up And I'd like to go hear him, Mary Because, you know, I need a new orchestra for my program All right, let's go Okay, now let's see Where's that nightclub now? Oh, yes, on Figueroa About six miles east of the La Brea Tar Pit <laughs> Come on, Mary Here it is, Mary. This is the place. Holy smoke. What a nightclub. This is an awful joint. Well, Mary, you can't tell anything about it from the outside. Yeah, but look at the name of it. The Ruiz Club. So what? Ruiz spelled backwards is sewer. <laughs> All right. What's the difference? And look, Jack. You have to go down these stairs. Yeah. Okay, let's go down. Watch your step, Mary. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
Let's rest. If I go down any farther, I'll get the bends. <laughs> I think we hit bottom, Jack. Here's the door. Oh, yes. Well, that guy Harris knows all the new tunes, doesn't he? Yeah, but how can people dance on that bare ground? They probably sprinkle water on it to make it slippery. And it helps keep the dust on, too, you know. Let's find a table. Uh, maybe that man will get us one. Oh, yes. Uh, pardon me, are you a waiter? Well, what do you think I am with this napkin over my arm? A clothesline? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, but you're dressed too nice to be working in a joint like this. No. Oh, you mean these striped pants and this Prince Albert coat? Well, you see, I wear these clothes on my other job. Other job? Yes, I'm an undertaker's assistant. <laughs> oh. It was my idea to put the candles on the table. <laughs> hmm. And now would you like me to find a table and lay you out? <laughs> I mean, seat you. Yes, yes, please. Come on, Mary. Ah, here we are. Now, uh, what would you like to eat? Uh, nothing, thanks. We just came in to hear the band. Yeah. Well, you might as well order something. There's a minimum charge of 35 cents. <laughs> the 35 cents? Well, I'll have a chicken sandwich and a combination salad. And I'll have a steak sandwich and French fried potatoes. Anything to drink? No. You might as well. You've got 15 cents to go. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, bring us coffee. Imagine that waiter, an undertaker's assistant. Jack, look, the show's about to start. Good, I'm anxious to hear this guy, Phil Harris. Hiya, folks, and a good, good evening to each and every one of you. <clears throat> now, <laughs> welcome to our little club. This is your orchestra leader and master of the ceremonies, the one and only Phil Harris. Are you glad to see me? Sir, thank you, thank you, and we have a very lovely crowd here tonight. Hey, Mary, he's got a nice personality. We'll see. And speaking of crowd folks, a funny thing happened to me on the way to the club tonight. The panhandler stopped me and said, pardon me, mister, can you let me have $1,000.05 for a cup of coffee? So I said to him, I said, look, coffee only costs a nickel. What do you do? What do you want a thousand bucks for? So he says to me... It's going to kill you, folks. <laughs> he says to me, well, i got to pay my income tax, don't I? <laughs> no, lady, don't explain it to him. If he don't get it, just let him suffer. Let him lay it. Don't wake him up. <laughs> hey, Mary. Mary, did you get it? I got it all over me. <laughs> Quiet. This guy's good. He's and, good. And uh, here's another one, folks. Uh, That'll embalm you. <laughs> embalm you. Uh, did somebody call for me? <laughs> quiet, quiet. Get this, folks. A guy walked up to me today and said, Hey, Harris, uh, where'd you get the black eye? So I told him it was a birthmark. And he said, a birthmark? And I said, yeah, I got it in the wrong birth. <laughs> oh, yes, folks, it's just natural with me. Just natural. <laughs> Yes, sir, that's yes, yes. That's not natural. Now we're rolling all new stuff here. All hey, Mary. Hey, Mary. Mary, this guy is terrific. 
No, really, he'd be great on the radio. He's got something new, something different. Oh, you say that every time you see a man with hair. <laughs> oh, you just don't know class. Now, folks, for the high spot of the show, I'm going to sing a song I wrote myself entitled That's What I Like About the South. Hey, I bet this will be good. You know that, man? Come with me to Alabama. Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling hammy. That's what I like about the South. Hey, man, now there you can make no mistake. Where those nerves are never shaky. Off the taste of lay a cakey. That's what I like about the South. Oh, I gotta hire. She's got time. baked ribs and candied yams. Those sugar cured Virginia hams. Way down south in Alabama. And that's what I like about the South. Hot corn bread and black-eyed peas. You can eat as much as you please. Hey, look these snap his fingers. Season. And that's what I like about the South. Ah, don't take one. Have two. They're dark. Brown and chocolate, too. Suits me, they must suit you, because that's what I like about the South. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Never alone in the club. Well, folks, that concludes our first floor show, but don't go away. There'll be another sensational show in five minutes. <laughs> Mary? Mary, I don't care what you say. That guy Harris would be great on my program. I want to get him over here. Hey, waiter, waiter. Yeah? Will you please bring the, um... <laughs> Will, uh... Will you please bring the orchestra leader over to my table? I'm sorry. He doesn't come with the 35-cent dinner. <laughs> Never mind the wisecracks. Bring him over here. All right. All right. I don't know, Mary... This guy, Harris, has a great personality. Cigarettes, cigarettes, all so cupy dolls, gardenias and razor blades. <laughs> Imagine razor blades. Oh, miss, give me a pack of cigarettes, please. Yes, sir, what kind? Oh, by the way, miss, what's that you've got on your tray there, tied up in pink ribbon? That's a lock of Mr. Harris's hair, 20 cents. <laughs> Well, I don't want it. You better take it. This is the last one left, and we don't share them again till the first of the month. No. No, thanks just the same. Say, Mary, she's kind of cute. Oh, you fall for it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Here comes Phil Harris. Now, Mary, I want to make an impression on him, and I want you to help me sign him for my show. Tell him what a good boss I am and how swell it is to work on the radio. And above above all, what a wonderful guy I am personally, you know? Oh, but Jack... Here he comes, huh? Hey, uh, I understand one of you characters want to see me. (laughs) Why, yes. uh, Yes, sit down. This is Miss Livingston. Hiya, sweets. Mm. And uh, my name is Jack Benny. Look, bud, I ain't got much time. What did you want to see me about? Well, I wanted to talk to you about a job. A job? Yeah. Well, look, fella, I know things are tough, but uh, I can't use you. I, I, don't, I don't want no new help. Just... No, no, I don't mean that. You see, I have a radio program, and I'd like you and your band to be on my show. Well, I don't know. You see, I've Oh, been but here... he's a wonderful man to work for. He's the nicest boss I ever had. He's just a ginger, peachy boss. So pleasant, so gentle. Mary, you're I'm overdoing like... it. And stop, stop licking my hand. <laughs> Now, Mr. Harris... Uh, just call me Curly. Oh. Till the first of the month. <laughs> oh. Oh, yes, the cigarette girl told me. Now, Mr. Harris, radio is a different type of work. Uh, you read music, of course. Huh? <laughs> music, notes, arrangement. What's that on your music rack? Thermites. The joint's lousy with them. <laughs> How could you be so young and bright when it's so dark down here? 
see, Mary, this guy is terrific. Oh, look, I'm only kidding. I've been studying music since I was a baby. Why, when I was six years old, my parents used to take me to the concerts at Carnegie Hall. A six-year-old kid interested in Carnegie Hall? Well, they told me it was a burlesque show. <laughs> a burlesque show? Yeah, how I used to whistle when they took the cover off of the bass fiddle. <laughs> Say, Mary, this guy's got a terrific sense of humor. He'll probably be able to write my gags for me. I'll settle if he can just write. <laughs> now, look, Harris, I want you on my program. So if you'll meet me Sunday morning, you'll... Uh... Uh, wait, excuse me a minute. The second floor show's about to start, and I've got to introduce the singer. Oh, I'll wait till you're through. You know, Mary, I think this fellow's... Hey, a... Jack, look who's going to sing, the cigarette girl. Oh, yes. Hey, she's cute. You know. And now, folks, I want to introduce our singer, the sweetest little lady this side of Pismo Beach... Miss Trixie Laverne, who will sing a Mahelen Collie Baby. <laughs> well. Come to me, my Melon Collie Baby. Cuddle up and don't be blue. All your fears are. Can't you hear me calling when the rain at Emma falling? <laughs> why every day the sun is shining? Why should I be home a pine? While my honey dear, while I drive away each tear. Or, or else, else I, I will, will be a melancholy. Yes, yes, I will be a melancholy. Or else I will be Gosh, Mary, I'm a sucker for sentimental songs. <laughs> hey, Harris! Harris, come here a minute. Yeah? Say, that girl singer you've got isn't bad. That Trixie Laverne. Well, look, that's just her stage name. Her real name is Gladys Nabisco. <laughs> Gladys Nabisco, eh? Say, that's a pretty name, too. You know, I kind of like that, babe. Oh, come on, Jack. Let's get out of here. Why, Mary, you're jealous. <laughs> oh, fine. Hey, Harris, don't forget Sunday. I'll be there. So long, Jackson. Did you hear that, Mary? He called me Jackson. No one ever called me that before. All come right, on, folks. Go. Here's come a on. brand new number I wrote myself called That's What I Like Come Out the South. <laughs> Come with me to Alabama. Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and crawling ham. That's what I like about this And that, and that, Mr. Kearns, is how I met Phil Harris. Well, that really is a story. And I must say, Mr. Kearns, that Phil has been very fortunate in being associated with a great star like myself. A man who's been on the radio for so many years and who every year almost wins the Academy. Oh, pardon me, Mr. Bunny. Here comes
This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. Hey, thank you very much for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Challenge of the Yukon, followed by Abbott and Costello. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.